everybody. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And we're Terror and Tacos. And uh, we are here on a very suddenly cold yeah. Dallas it was, uh, afternoon. One of those weird, I don't know if people in other states ever have to deal with this, where it literally dropped, I mean, like, legitimately 20 fucking degrees since I've woken up. Yeah, I woke up this morning and it was like 64 degrees. And now they're actually, it's like, looks like it's 39. Yeah. So we went to the movie. Yeah. And it had started. It had started and it was kind of cold. And then... We came, came out, out and it's fucking freezing. It's fucking freezing and there were even like snow flurries yeah, and shit. Yeah, it was and my, like, there was what like the a fuck? freeze on know, my do fucking... Do you think other people have to deal with that? I don't I know. Mean, people say that all the time. It's like, oh, it's Texas. Wait five minutes and the weather will change. When I lived in Chicago, it did not do that. Like when it was cold, it was balls cold. Mm-hmm. But it was... I don't ever remember there being like... Oh, it dropped 30 degrees since you were in, in a two and a half hour movie. Good luck. <laughs> Good I luck. hope you brought a coat. I hope you brought something. It's in the back of your car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really cold. Um, it's the wintry. afternoon. It's wintry. And so Michael and I went to go see Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Because uh, it was time. It was time. And we finally finished Dracula and all that. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... So we saw Dr. Sleep. We saw Dr. Sleep. What'd you have to eat? We went to Elmo Draft House. I had pizza this time. I know. See, I got up this morning and I was like, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to surprise Michael when we get there. <laughs> but yeah, now the chicken fingers. I'm going to order something else. And then we got there and I was like, who am I kidding? I'm going to order the chicken fingers. The only reason I didn't is because I had chicken fingers for dinner last night. And I was oh. like, I got to at least have pizza Oh, that's lunch. right. You had canes. <laughs> yeah. So... Did it did did the did changing the menu for you change the experience of the movie for uh, you? I'm more confused than when I normally come Maybe out. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's normally that's what it is. I have a very clear idea of what I felt, and I I I am I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to put it all together. I know. Me too. I, I didn't hate it. No, no. My hot take. Here's my hot take. Yeah. Like do if it. somebody said to oh, me, oh, spoilers. Sorry. Oh yeah, spoilers. Sorry. If somebody said to me, hey, you just came out of Doctor Sleep. What did you think? Or what are your first thoughts? Um, I would say, like I that I had no idea that Stephen King could hold a grudge this long. Oh my God! Right? I, I know. Mean, and it's like I, I love Mike Flanagan, and it is. Yeah clear that Mike Flanagan is a fantastic storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's a great filmmaker. He knows when to give an homage. Yeah. He knows how to give an homage. Yeah. He has his team of people that he uses, uses. that are amazing. He loves the color blue in a way that is... I know. I'm a little worried. It's <laughs> it's, 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 um, it seems obsessive. But, uh... So... Yeah. The, the, it, 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 yeah, it, it is... It's funny, I got sent an article, I think you you got sent the article as well. Neither of us read it, we were very like, we want to be, we want to go in with no preconceptions, preconceptions. but it was uh, an article about how Dr. Sleep tries to reconcile both King's novel, The Uh Shining, King's novel, Dr. Sleep, and Kubrick's movie version of The Shining. Yeah, which is one of the greatest horror yeah. movies of all time. Whether Stephen I'm King sorry, wants to Stephen admit King, it. I'm sorry, Stephen King. I'm sorry. And like you said, there is um, a, a part of this movie that that very much seems like, yes, yeah, Stephen King still has a grudge. I mean, and he sort of famously didn't like Cooper. Didn't just not like the movie, but didn't like 
Kubrick. Right. And a lot of people didn't like Kubrick. Sounds, we've talked he about it before. Like an sounds like he was a terrible person. Right. Um, except for the kid who played Danny, he was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, it, yeah, it seems like, I don't know, maybe Mike Flanagan. I like to think that, that the conversation went something like this. Mike Flanagan makes really good movies, and he was like, I'm going to call up Stephen King and see if I can make Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. How is Stephen King going to let me make Dr. Sleep? <laughs> I'm going to propose to him that we try to correct the, the problems of Kubrick's, Kubrick's the, Shining, the Shining, right? So he calls Stephen King, and he goes, hey, Stephen King, Mike Flanagan. What's up? What's up? I want to make Dr. Sleep, and I want to correct some of the things that you didn't like about Kubrick's. Kubrick's The Shining, and that Stephen King straight up went, we're going to blow up the hotel. Yeah. Yeah, like... And so it, it allows Flanagan to... I mean, not only um, like make homages to Kubrick's. I mean, it serves as a, as in many ways, a direct sequel right. to Kubrick's movie. Yes. But at the same time, allows King to go fuck to you. go fuck you. It's a weird right. balancing act. Yeah, and that's you know part of the reason I didn't read that article because I didn't want to go in with preconceived notions. But when you, yeah, when it was like, oh, it corrects some of the things, I thought. How well, and even when we saw previews when we were at the movies for other things, and we would see the trailer for it, and mm-hmm. it was very clearly reminiscent of Kubrick's. And I was like, How is I mean, King, shot for shot, re, yeah, yeah. Re, I mean, reshots yeah. in, in some of it. I'm like, How is King allowing this? Like, right. how is he famously hates Kubrick's? Uh-huh. So, how is this be? How is he letting that version be married to Dr. Sleep? And now I see now you know how now I know how Um, it's really well acted. Yeah. I mean, and and look, I haven't read the book, Dr. Sleep. So I'm I'm, I was coming at it. I think probably like the majority of people out there. Um, I've read The Shining. uh, But for me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stephen King. I love you. But for me now, The Shining has been for decades. Kubrick's Shining. Yeah, I think it's. Better. I think it's better. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so many of his stuff is... So much of his stuff is great, fantastic. Like, the Dark Tower mystery, uh-huh. like, uh, series. And The Stand is one of the greatest novels of good versus evil that yeah. I've ever read in my life. But Kubrick's The Shining is... is- yeah, it's a, it's a damn perfect movie, and I know that the kids don't like it, but fuck the kids. Um, right. It's funny you should bring up The Stand. My first thought, long before oh, we got yeah. to um, <laughs> correcting, correcting. <laughs> Mr. Kubrick, right? <laughs> I actually, in my mind, and then I, this was the first thing I wrote down, I said, this is, Dr. Sleep is not a horror movie. It's not. Um, Dr. Sleep functions far more like The Stand yep. than it does... Um, King's sort of straight-up horror movies. Right. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, it's just... But this movie's not scary. It's so, like so many of King's novels, it has so many subplots. Mm-hmm. It has so many things going on, so many things happening that eventually intersect, right? Right. And all come together to, you know, for, for the for the big purpose of the novel. The, the the I think the beauty of Kubrick's The Shining is that it follows a very it chooses one thing uh-huh. and it follows a very simple storyline, A to B to C yeah. to D. It's simple, it's elegant. I'm telling you this one story. Yeah. 
And and still leaves a thing at the end where you can be like, wait, hold on, what? What, what is yeah. that about? Um, and also, Kubrick's script, is it's not clever. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just straight up the way people talk. And, and like... I don't know. There, there's one thing that I can't stand. There's a lot of things I can't stand, Michael. Right. But if there's one thing I can't stand is a cloying child on film. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't like it when when children are, are forced to be cleverer than what children are. Yeah. And I'm not saying that children aren't clever. They can, they can be clever. But... Sometimes adults want to write words into their mouths yeah. that are like beyond their understanding, beyond yes. their years, and and to deliver those words with a kind of nuance that requires experience. Uh huh. And it's just not believable. It's never believable. It's never believable. Um, so when when a child wakes up from like a drug-addled sleep and says, right. fuck, I'm hungover. And I know what that's supposed to be. It's just never yeah. believable. The only time I think it's ever worked, and I don't know if it's because it's a period piece or because it, she was preternaturally talented as a child, is Kirsten Dunst in Interview, in with, interview the with the Vampire. It's the only it's time. It's the only time that's ever worked for um, me. Because the brilliance of uh, when and that that's not to say that kids can't be fantastic and stuff like right. the little kids in Haunting of Hill House, Are one incredible. of who makes an appearance in this movie, right? Baby Tiny Nell, yeah, who's still really cute, adorable. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's they talk like kids, right? And when even when they say when they don't understand something, it's clear they don't understand something. They're they're scared of something, right? Um, yeah, or they're, or they're just saying it like you know, the kids in Veronica also, right. You know who. They're just being children. Yeah, and that and that's 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 part of what makes a thing frightening. Yes, you know. Um, And so it's hard. I think it is tough when you have so much of a movie resting on a teenager Uh Um, and and a a young teenager. Yes, like like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, Yeah. thirteen. And that's not to say she was bad. No, no, she's she's a good actress. She's lovely, but I don't. I just don't know if if the I don't know because I have not read the book and maybe I should go read the book. I don't know if the character or the actor is just not strong enough to care. I found myself the whole time wanting to know more about what brought Danny to where he is now. So my... (laughs) Yeah. So I agree with you. I think one of the problems I have with with the movie, and again, I'm not saying I hated it. I liked a lot of it, Mm -hmm. is I found her... To be the least interesting character. Right. I was... One, we're already attached to Danny. Right. Um, of course we're attached to Danny. Yeah. And then Flanagan, and maybe the, the book, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm only judging the movie. Flanagan takes us back mm-hmm. to the Overlook. Right. At the beginning, after we meet Little Nell. Uh-huh. Um, so we meet Rose the Hat. Is it Rose? Yes. Uh, they keep calling her Rosie, so yeah. She yeah, Rose, Rose the Hat. Hat. Whom I didn't... I'm not... Fond, I wasn't fond of that character. She is a very Randall Flagg character. That, and that's what... That's why I said is this functions like... To me, she functions like a villain in The Stand, mm-hmm. which is like ultimate evil, right? right? Which in a sort of fantasy sprawling epic makes sense. But in a 
horror movie reminiscent of The Shining seems bizarre. It seems so weird. And then we go to Danny. We see Danny as a little boy back in the Overlook. And then we get more of Danny's life mm-hmm. post-Overlook. As a child. As a child, where he can still talk to... Um, Dick Halloran. Yeah. yeah. Scatman. I'm just calling him Scatman. Scatman. Uh, that dude was legit. He was fantastic. You want to talk about that call? Like, we need you to be Dick Halloran. Basically, we need you to be Scatman Crothers. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, I'll yes, do it. I'll do it. And he did great. He did he, great. It was a nod to Scatman, mm-hmm. but he wasn't impersonating him because there's right. you can't. You can't. <laughs> just like the woman who played Wendy. Yeah, the woman who played Wendy. And I even thought when Henry Thomas shows up as Jack Torrance, the smartest move was for him to not impersonate Jack Exactly, Nicholson. and to shoot him from the side. side. To yeah. shoot him profile and, and only save that one from the front shot mm-hmm. for when it's really important. Uh, we all know who it is. Yeah. We all understand. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So so we get, yeah, we get Rosie the Hat, who's like a Randall Flagg type character, who I actually thought was a cool character, but I wanted like her own book. Like, I needed that character to have its own movie. I don't understand how it, it basically becomes the head vampire. Yeah, I don't understand how she has anything to do with... The Shining, quite frankly, I, I, I'm not, and I, I don't think I'm being like, um, I don't know, capricious in this. I, 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 I really don't under, I don't understand. I mean, the, the, the wonderful thing about The Shining is that it's this inexplicable thing. Right. It's like this thing that is in the hotel, whatever the hotel is, and whatever is at the hotel is not. It's timeless. It's been there forever. It's, and and it's not clever. And so we're all of a sudden told that she and this group of ancient people are this, like the sh- are like the shining. They feed off it's the people. They the shining feed off people. the shining, right? They right? feed off the shining and have been forever. Which, which they call steam. Steam. They call they steam. call steam. Yeah. And, and so, they dress kind of steampunk. Huh, and yeah, and so we get the idea that they've been around. I mean, that old man's been around since ancient Rome, mm-hmm. which again. I have no problem with stuff like I love shit like that, but that's a different fucking story. That's a different story than The Shining. Yeah, it's way more like The Stand. She is way more like Randall Flagg. Right. And there's even one of the last lines of the film is a nod to The Stand. When Ewan McGregor, as Danny says, but there's also people like you. Right. People who stand. Right. And I'm like, I yeah. know. I was I'm like, like we on. get it. We get we it. We get it. But like, it's to me, the Dark Tower and The Stand are two totally, totally yeah, different things. Which have a, even they have a crossover. Um, yeah, but it's like. That's a the, different world. But even the book of The Shining, even the book The Shining, it's not. Like the stand, it's not that kind of story. No. It's about somebody's like personal demons. Yeah, you know. And this is what this is what I love about Kubrick's The Shining. Right, is that it is very personal. It's very much about this this one family, and this one storyline, and the way whatever it is that's at this hotel, these ghosts that have that did not die well. Right, right, and whatever they need from the living. And and that's all it is, and and this just seemed like so much. It seemed yeah. like too many. things. It was one of his what I refer to as his cosmic stories. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good. And way to I put it. don't know why Danny Torrance is mixed up in one of his cosmic stories. Yeah. Um. I 
I just, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. I don't understand. No, I'm with you. Um, I'm it, with you. I don't understand. And that doesn't either. mean there weren't things about the movie I liked. Right. I didn't hate the movie. Um, it was shot beautifully. It's shot beautifully. Now there was one. There was one point where I thought, "Oh, this is if if this is where it's going to come back around, and I'm going to be okay with it." Was you know when he goes? Spoiler, sorry, y'all. When he goes to live in the apartment, right? And then he wakes up and it says hello, right? Uh-huh. I thought. I thought Tony was back. Yeah, I did too. And then it turns out that it's what's her name? Yeah, the Abra. Little girl. I, Abra. I don't even like her name. I mean, come Abra, on, come on, Abra, Abra, Cadabra, come on. Come on. Um, and uh, and then I thought, oh, when w- okay, so okay, let me get it straight. I thought we're somehow going to learn who Tony was, right? right? And what we're going to learn is that Tony was somebody else altogether. Right. Also, who shun, right? Right. And see, what's weird is in the book, Uh uh, I do notice in the book, you find out that Tony is him from the future, that his name is actually Daniel Anthony um, or Anthony Daniel Torrance, and Tony is a future version of Danny. Interesting. Who's telling him... To warning him. About The Shining. About the Overlook. See, and so I thought... I th- that was my thinking. I was right. like... I th- we're going to learn about Tony. We're going to learn about Tony. Yeah, that would have been cool. We're going to learn who Tony is. And so then, when we get into The Overlook, right, and Rose comes to meet them at The Overlook, and they're having that that uh, stand-down in the in the big hall or whatever, mm-hmm. and she looks up, and up to this point, she's not she hasn't even been aware of Danny. Right. She didn't even know he's there, and then she goes, oh my God, it's you. Like, I thought, oh shit. She's Tony. She's Tony. Like, this is the thing that helped him when he was young, and now, now it's, it's coming turned against him. him. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then that didn't, didn't happen. happen. No, I guess I should just write my own The Shining sequel. Well, I. But that's the thing. It's like, it's so. It's such a strange thing. Like, is it a? Would you? I guess it. It is a sequel. It functions as a sequel. At least the I movie guess. does. I guess. Um, I mean, we have shots but from the first... But it's two different worlds. They're completely different. And we're told that this world that we're introduced to, this with Rose the Hat and this this band of... Whatever they are. Yeah. Ancients. An- who base again... And Steam I, eaters. essentially function like vampires. Right. They don't feed on blood. They, they feed, feed on, on spirit. S- yeah. Or, yeah, on the shine. Yeah. And those who have the shining have more steam. And so they right. feel... So they function like vampires. And they even... While not quote unquote immortal, mm-hmm. they live an extremely long time, right? right. As long as they feed, right? They, they, that's what we're told. And they're having a problem because there's not enough steam in the, the world. world. Now. The shine's gone out of the, the world. The shine's gone out of the world, and they even cite iPhones and Netflix, yeah, and whatever. And at that point, I was like, uh, I "Here was we like, go. Are we? Is this like some kind of social message yeah. about how we're so disconnected from our own self that we don't shine that we anymore? Don't shine anymore? We're not connected to our own intuition, right? So the world doesn't shine anymore." And I was like, "Ah, oh, so whatever. we can't be fed on by weird vampire I people." I just want a ghost story. Yeah, like I just want a good fucking supernatural yeah. ghost story. And I, and that's the thing. I, I to me, there is a to me there is a story. And again, I haven't 
haven't. I need to read the book because I. I mean, I'm just commenting on the movie. Right. I haven't read. Right. Doctor, and I know people will be like, "Well, in the book, okay, great." We I are haven't terror read and tacos, um, not tomes. Yes, oh, thank you. And I just haven't had time uh, yeah. it, over the ten years that it's been out. To me, there's a movie that exists with Rose the Hat and the Crow and, and all, all of, of those, them. and it's it's a stand gunslinger type story that could be very cool and they feed on something like the shine whatever right. the spirit of humans and some people's spirits are more powerful great right, I'm right. all for that this seems like two very different stories slapped onto each other I agree um, and there, I, maybe there is a world in which Danny is a very small part that it somehow makes sense but we spend a whole lot of time with Dan Torrance mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Dan Torrance isn't fighting ladies in top hats. I, 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 he's not. No, he's not. And it's, it, it just, I've, I found the part where he, where he finds his purpose, where he finds the reason that we know they call him Dr. Sleep, right? Yeah. I found that way more compelling most effective part of the film anything else in the movie yeah. is when he goes when he finally goes to AA and he goes to live in the nursing home yeah. and the little kitty who helps the not the nursing home the hospice actually and he finds his purpose yeah. supposedly that to me was way more affecting than anything else uh, in the movie and I would have rather have followed that, that storyline yeah. and see what happens if we follow that yeah. you know it's because I, I you know I was like why do they call him Dr. Sleep and when I found out I was like oh that's great yeah that's great and that was I thought hands down the best part of the mm-hmm. movie and it's something that I think Flanagan does Flanagan deals with Death and grief and loss in a very effective way. Yeah. You've seen it in Hill House, um, yeah. even in in, in Oculus, in Oculus yeah. and, and Ouija, Origin of Evil. Um, and I, I thought that was by far the most effective part of the film. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't like it when it became a shootout. Yeah, and that's essentially what it is. And I it, didn't. It, I, I, it's an adv- it's a like an, an adventure, adventure, like a quest. Yes. Yeah, and and it it was. I just, and then I was waiting the whole time to get back to the Overlook. I wanted us to come back right. to the Overlook. And you can, I think you can tell, you can tell that Mike Flanagan was like, I want to make, I want to make Dr. Sleep and I want to please Stephen King, but I also really love The Shining and so I want to yeah. do these homages. Because then when we, when we finally are going to Colorado, right? Yeah. The cinematography just becomes so beautiful and there's like straight up I mean, I mean shot, straight up yeah. shot for shot of driving to Except the overlook Flanagan got to use a drone right exactly <laughs> and it's beautiful yeah. and I got chills me too I was and like when he gets oh. when he gets to the front mm-hmm. when he goes in when he walks into the bar right um, and I again again this was another interesting thing and I'm sure this is in the novel but the idea that Dan Dan because he goes by Dan now Uh that Danny grown up has has become a raging alcoholic right like his his father Mm -hmm. and that he sees that as the only way he could understand or know his father because clearly his dad died when he was very little right (laughs) um that was really like the story of 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 that kid from The Shining grown up is to me a fascinating story. Right. So I don't know why it needs the dark elves. I don't know why it needs... Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
I just and don't it's nothing know. against that group of actors. No, no, no. They Robert were, Longstreet did a good job. He was great. in Hill House. Yeah, the guy who played uh, the crow. Crow, he's fantastic. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, that I, I lead don't know. woman Jenny the Hat is fine. She's mm-hmm. very pretty. She's very attractive. <laughs> but I mean, but see, he, and here's another thing. It's like I, I feel like she was. Like too attractive? Is that even possible? Like I just felt like, why do we have her? Like why is why is she important? Like right. why? Well, I, 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 she was very attractive, but that was it t- to me. And she was so clever. Like she right. had like these clever lines that that were supposed to make her frightening. But I don't remember any of the fucking ghosts in The Shining needing clever lines to be no, terrifying. No, and I and I that's to me again how she functions sort of as a flag figure. Yeah. But one of the things I didn't it, actually I should say this. The only moment where I was like, oh, fuck, with that group of people was when they killed the kid. Oh, yeah. That and that was, was, that was brutal. horrific and brutal and violent and uh, warning. That I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's, lot. It's a lot. Um, but I didn't see enough. I don't want to say. I didn't see enough of kids getting killed. That's right. what I mean. I didn't see enough of her being. A threat. A threat. Yeah. She always seemed weaker than the little girl. Right. Um. Yeah, she goes shopping with everybody else. Like yeah, everybody she's like else. in the grocery store. She goes like shopping like shit. everyone else with a handbag. Um, I mean, yeah. like, I, I, I was just like, oh, I like... I Okay, so here's the thing. Is I, every time she came on screen, I kept saying, oh, I like that outfit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like her sweater. Yeah, her, oh, I love those boots. Yeah, mine you is know. always her, her eyes are... She's beautiful eyes. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful woman. I was not scared of her. No. I kept saying, ooh, I like that sweater. And then I was like, oh, she played the white queen on that show Aspen Watched. That's right. where I know. Right. And I kept going like, I like her trailer. Yeah, right? She has a nice Look at that trailer. tub. She's got a nice jacuzzi Which, in that tiny house. Which, again, I, I thought she, she should have, if she was going to be, she's the antagonist. She should have been a real threat. Right. Why does she have such a beautiful tiny house? I don't know. Like I, the, again this is this is to me like the quiet place, right? Right. Where we're supposed to be terrified of the thing that comes after, right? Of the apocalypse. Right, and you're like, but this is awesome. This is awesome. This looks like great. I, I live in a you know Yeah, in a catalog. In an anthropology store. Yeah. You know, and this is what like her home is like an anthropology store. store. And I guess part of it was so they're how is that scary? Am I allowed to say gypsy? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I ruined everything. Oh, we... It's okay. Don't worry. Um, so, to me, they were like... They were sort of a nod to... The, the way they lived was somewhat like the Irish... Like travelers? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she even sort of vaguely sounded yeah, Irish. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that's what I they were trying to do. I think she's British in real life, but she sounded vaguely Irish. Or maybe she's Australian. I don't fucking Who knows? know. Um, and they had like the caravans, like the travelers, mm-hmm. and things like that. But we didn't really get into that. We just saw her super sweet tiny house with like yeah. a clawfoot tub. Yeah. And like a roof meditation spot. Yeah, which was really kind of great. Yeah, yeah. Everything about that was Everything great. Everything about the way they lived was great. Um, I And again, they, I don't know, I just, it just seemed like, it's it seemed like two store, like two very different stories that felt shoehorned together instead of naturally fitting together. Right. Um, it's funny, like, there's, uh, in the preface of the of the 
gunslinger of the first. I, th- uh, I think it's a gunslinger. Yeah, of the first Dark Tower novel. Mm-hmm. Um, in later publication, the one that I have, right? King's King writes the preface, and he says um, essentially, th- this is. That the Dark Tower is his version of Lord of the Rings. Um, He said he was so obsessed with Lord of the Rings that he tried to write his version when he was 19, and it ended up just being the Lord of the Rings. Right. So he had to go live a little and find his own voice. Right. So what he says very much the Dark Tower series is... Is, St- is the Lord of the Rings as funneled through the bizarro fucking dark mind of Stephen King. Yeah, that makes sense. And that, to me, is the world in which Rose the Hat Belongs and in. the Crow belong in. Right. Which is a very different world than, than, Danny Torrance. than Danny Torrance. Now, okay, so here's my question. So, if we had ever had a part... T- take away the... the, the the movie that made for TV, The Shining. Okay, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, but what do you mean? Kim <laughs> uh, loved it. I know. Um, if The Shining, as we know it, if Kubrick's Shining had never existed, right? Oh wow! Do you do you think then that Doctor Sleep exists? That Doctor Sleep exists, or that if if that Danny might fit into the world of of the the big adventure quest. Ooh, that's a really good question. I mean, question. I guess what I'm asking is, do we feel that way because we love The Shining so much? Maybe, maybe, and and well, okay. And here's the de- that's a really oof, my brain is broken. That's a great question. Flanagan seems to feel forced to do what we what you and I would do, right? Right, and so. He gives us Kubrick's world right. of The Shining. If Kubrick's movie didn't exist and some 30, whoa, what am I talking about? 39, almost 40 years later, right? Uh-huh. Danny Torrance showed up in a weird quest movie. M- maybe. Maybe I wouldn't bother me as much. Maybe I wouldn't have such a specific image of this kid and what The Shining was. I don't. That's a really great question. I still think it's wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know what? I, I still like. I still think that because I have read the book. I have read The Shining. Me too. And I, you know, and it. it it's yeah. It doesn't seem. I'm just. I'm conflicted. It seems also like so. I don't know. The podcast people might know this, but there's like a term um, in TV and movie writing. Uh, called retconning something. Essentially, you retroactively make something work, right? Uh-huh. Like, we did this in Iron Man. Oh, fuck. We now are making Iron Man 3, and this thing that happened in Iron Man doesn't make sense. So we have to make something up really quick to make the thing that happened before make sense. Right. Um, so do you think that that's what they were trying to do? I think... In Doctor Sleep, all of a sudden, we're told that all of this time, these people have been hunting people who shine. Yet, we weren't told a goddamn thing about it in The Shining. In The Shining. And so, we're given this, all of a sudden, Dick Halloran shows up and says, you gotta put the monsters in the box. 
Why didn't he fucking tell them that when they were eating ice cream? That's true. (laughs) That's true. And so to me, that's like retconning something. Right. It's it's short for retroactive continuity. Right, right, right. Um, And so that's how that whole thing felt. Well, then I'm back to my hot take. So I think you're right. I'm back to my hot take. Your hot takes are always right, Christy. How how (laughs) do, you know, how do we correct? How does Stephen King get to correct? You made me spit my coke uh, up. I'm sorry. With what? The idea that we're going to correct Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> How do we correct Kubrick? It's such a weird... Like, I, it, I, I, that, that's the only thing. And, and like, again, I didn't hate the movie. No, no, no. There were things about it that I loved. And, you know, there were things that Mike Flanagan did where I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful Valentine. Oh, yeah. So gorgeous. And even, like, the the man, like... Again, like you said, it's really well acted. I, I love you and McGregor. I mean, he I do too. He is arguably like my favorite male actor of our of generation. our generation. Yeah, I love I love you and McGregor. He's really great. Um, and he's great in this. Yeah, and he seems. I just wanted to learn more about him. Yeah, and he seems like the guy Danny could have. Having gone through the horrors right. of that, right, grown into. I just wish we had seen that yeah. instead of instead of the the steam eaters or whatever <laughs> they're called. Like I just, I w- I wanted to be more invested in him. I didn't I didn't care about the little girl. Yeah, and that's a, to me a huge huge problem. Yeah. Um, and part of that might be, like you said, the idea of the. The cleverer than than all the adults, kid. Well, and and I have to say, it's not just her. Like they all seem to have, like Rose seemed to have like clever lines, mm. you know. And I just I can't stand that. I can't like why do people have to be clever right. in stories? You well, nobody's fucking clever right. in life. Especially to me, if it's it's not she, Rose doesn't have to be. No, she has. Powers. Both of them have all the power in the world, apparently. Right. Um, even the girl who kills men, or, or not kills men, but the... The, the snakebite girl. The snakebite girl. Even she's, like, very clever. Yeah. Um, uh, also, she comes in, Abra, comes in late because right. we have baby Nell to uh-huh. set up... Um, Rose the Hat. Right. Then we have our flashback to the Overlook, Danny's life post-Overlook. Right. So by the time Abra comes in, I'm right. like, I'm already two stories into this movie. Right. How many more people? How many are, more people are you gonna, gonna are gonna do I have to follow? And 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 technically Abra should be your protagonist. Right. But you've kind of made Danny You've made Danny the protagonist. We already have this, as I said, we already have this decades-long connection to Danny. Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, it's tough to get on her side. I was glad that Jocelyn Donahue played her mom. Yes, oh my gosh, I turned to look at you and I was like, wait a minute, is that... Yeah, she's it's also amazing that like in ten years, she she, she, does, she looks basically the same, yeah, right? But she went from she went playing <laughs> a college freshman to playing a mom of, of a, a teenager. teenager. <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood. <laughs> um, but I was really glad she was she was in it. I lo- yeah, I, she's really good, and she should get all the work. Yeah. So um, I have I have to okay. So I have to put all this on the back burner a little bit to talk about things that I did like. Okay, good. So. W- w- I'm, I'm going to start. Great. My, one thing that I did like and that made me really happy was the moment where Danny 
uh, decides to go to AA, uh-huh. right? And he tells the doctor where he left his watch, right? Yes. And he's right about it. Yeah. And then the next thing we see oh, is yeah. a scene between the doctor who runs the AA meetings uh-huh. and Danny in in his office, and the office is the the manager's office from The Shining, from The Overlook. And the the actor who's playing the doctor is playing the the scene, which is a different scene. Completely. Completely, but with the same mannerisms. Yeah. Almost the, it's almost the same scene, like move for move, except words are are different. Very different. And it's, but immediately recognizable, but it's not like... A punching you in the face with it. No. It's just it's, if you know. And it's also a job, essentially a job interview. Yeah. Even though Danny doesn't quite know it. But right. But it's essentially a job interview. I, I love that. And I also love, again, that the guy who plays the doctor who's in a million things, but he's in Gerald's game that right. Mike Flanagan made. Um, you know, a lot of... I like that he uses the same... I, lo- I yeah. loved that. I loved the fact that um, when... Uh, when we went to the Overlook the first time, that eventually, okay, we get Henry Thomas. Mm-hmm. But I loved that when we flashed back, we didn't see Jack Torrance. Right. Because um, I was like, I do not need to see anyone trying to be Jack Nicholson. No. Um, just, we, I can't have it. Right. And I thought that was great. And I, and I, you know, that he brought him in as the bartender, which I also thought I liked because it so, in some ways answers the last question of The Shining. You've always been here, yeah. right? It, it mirrors the scene where Jack is in the bathroom with, what's his name? Yeah, with Mr. Grady. With Mr. Grady. And he says, you're Grady. You're the you're caretaker. The, yeah. And Grady goes... No, you're the caretaker. You've always been You've the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker. And then this time, he keeps calling him dad, and he's like, I, I'm just Lloyd I'm, the bartender. I'm just Lloyd the bartender. Um, so I, lo- I loved that. Yeah. I love that part. I love the shot-for-shot traveling to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overlook. Definitely. That was fantastic. The exact same thing. There's lots of little overhead shots that are absolutely nods to the original. And they're just, it's just somebody who knows the original so well uh-huh. and that you can tell loves Kubrick's so much that they they know how to imitate it uh-huh. or pay homage to yeah. it without... You know, knocking you over the head, and and that, that he he managed to Flanagan even when he recreates the Overlook, um, he still has his like elements of blue, his Mike Flanagan thing, mm-hmm. except for the blood in the elevator. That is a direct pull yeah. from the film, yeah. Because I'm sure they were like, we're not fucking recreating that, right? And I <laughs> but I didn't quite understand. So it's like Rose finally gets to the hotel. She's walking through the hotel. She passes by the elevator. They 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 directly pull from from the movie and you see the blood come out of the elevator and I didn't know I didn't quite know what was going to happen and she kind of just smiles, smiles at and it. walks past it and I'm like is that what is that about is that like a little like is that saying this doesn't scare me or I, I, I just didn't know why it was there yeah it was just like seemed like it was there to have the blood out of the elevator scene right and you know again and this might be on Flanagan because I don't want to put this on King because I haven't read the book um, but uh, I didn't think the rules of Rose were set yeah or that the rules of the steam eaters were, right. were particularly set um, they each seem to have their own skill 
uh, that made them part of this knot or this troop. But I don't know. I just didn't know what the rules were. Yeah, I didn't. And, like, honestly, okay, you can be killed in a car wreck? Right. I'm like, okay, I guess if you get shot... That's okay. Right. Because I was like, most people go, most people, knock on wood, go through life without getting shot. Right. right? Yeah. A lot of people get in car wrecks. Yeah. I thought that was odd, too. I was like, I that's, was like that, that took seems, him out? That seemed really easy. And the fact that it's like, of course you don't wear your seatbelt. Yeah. And then he goes through the windshield and dies. And I was, and I was like, like, huh, it seems to me like you would be more careful about that shit or that a car wreck wouldn't kill you. Right. And, like, if you've lived, like, say, a thousand years... Because I thought it was implied that he Crow was a Native American. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too. So we're talking probably thousands of years right. he's been around. If the yeah. one dude had been around from ancient Rome, you figure Crow's been around from old... Whenever. Yeah, whenever, like thousands of years ago. Rose has probably been around since, like, fucking the founding of Ireland or some right. shit. Whatever. Whatever. And I'm like, dude... One car wreck, that is weak. Right. Also, all of a sudden, Danny could get into her and she could use the force to steer the car. Right. And that was not set. And I I agree about the whole putting things. And I mean, and you, I don't know, you get it early. Like, I, I, it dawned on me early that at some point he was going to open the boxes and sick all the ghosts on Rose. Like, that is not. That was not. Hidden if it was supposed to be hidden. It was not hidden. It's yeah. like I don't that, think it was, though. I don't think it was. But what I didn't understand is, I mean, I guess we're supposed to believe that Danny has kept his head low all this time and, and doesn't allow himself to shine, and that's why they haven't noticed him. But if Rose is as powerful as she says she is... Right. Why, why would, I mean. And she has that one line, she has this one line that I think they use to write it off where she's like, I guess growing old and being an adult makes it that way. But I was like, but bitch, you've been around since he was five. I know. So how did you miss how this shit? How did you miss this shit? Also, for eight years, he's been working in this hospice. Yeah. Shining. Yes. So like, like day in, day yeah, out. Yeah, day in, day out, shining on these dying motherfuckers. Yeah. So how did you miss it? Yeah. Th- I these don't are know. these are little little plot holes. Um, you know, I. I uh, are we just destined to be constantly disappointed? I I I guess, and I'm not angry. Like no, I'm not no, vehemently I'm not angry. angry. I'm not I, angry. Again, it's. I not, had a nice time in the movie. I did too. It was. It's just. It, it was just a lot. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess I always find. I find simple storylines in horror movies are much more effective than than. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're you're right. It's like th- it. This Danny Torrance doesn't belong. The Danny Torrance that you and I... Yes, that we know and love. That we know and love does not belong in a quest movie. Yeah. And this seems like a quest movie. Yeah. It seems like a fantasy adventure rather yeah. than a horror movie. Um, it's not scary. And I'm going to bring up something else. And this this isn't even a knock on the movie or movies in, in general. Um, I have grown tired of watching childhood characters be brought back just to be killed off. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Yeah. And someone was like, well, I was talking, I don't know if we've talked about this on here before. One of my friends was like, well, that's what always happens. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. My father did not have to watch Flash Gordon fucking get killed off. Right. Or hand off being Flash Gordon to some young motherfucker. Right. And then die. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little worn out by it. And right. that's, 
that's just my own personal shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I fucking had, I've had to watch Harrison Ford die in fucking Star Wars and Blade Runner and then fucking Schwarzenegger and Terminator and Danny Torrance is fucking dead. And I'm just like, I'm stop bringing back characters from my youth and fucking just killing them killing off. Killing them, yeah. I'm tired of it, Why? Christy. I know. I, I, yeah, it just reminds me that I know death bring, is coming. I know it's I know coming. It. <laughs> like you, I know it's inevitable. We're all going to die. You don't have to fucking bring back these characters that I love. And Danny's a little different, but like But I, we still love him. And, I mean, he's still a hero. And He's supposed to be five in The Shining, right? Right. That's my exact age I was when that movie came out. Yeah. Um, I was like, hold on, Ewan McGregor is legitimately older than I am, but whatever, that's fine. And now they brought him back and killed him. And they killed him. Of course they did. Spoilers. uh, um, I I just, I grow weary of it. Yeah. And it seems, it seems, I guess, a product of the the world of entertainment that that we have I guess been a part that we we just happen to be alive for right um, there- that that we are the we're the generate we're the first generation that where they're like oh man you bet you fucking loved Han Solo more than anything in the world when you were nine didn't you and you were like yeah I really did cool we're gonna fucking kill him in front of your face yeah great. Thanks. Cool. Don't worry, though, because in the sequel, Luke's going to die. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. just can't, I I just can't, can't I handle can't, it anymore, man. Or are they trying to give us a message? Are I don't they, know, man. Are they trying to tell us something? Like, they're just trying to drive Gen X further. Further away. Like, yeah. uh, Alex Oregon, friend, friend, our friend Alex was like, <laughs> seeing the new preview for the new, and I love the new Star Wars. I really do. But he saw the new preview. He's like, I am not emotionally prepared for a C-3PO death. Like, that yeah. better not, like, this shit can't, I can't take it, it can't anymore. keep happening. It can keep happening. And again, I don't feel like our parents had to deal, I don't feel like our parents had to deal with that shit. No. You know? No, again, no one's killing off fucking Flash Gordon or whatever. Right. And God, at least this was a different actor. At least this was Ewan McGregor. Right. I didn't have to see like... The little... Like fucking... Like legitimately Harrison Ford. It was Harrison Ford. We <laughs> was, saw him die. Much, God, man. remember that? Because I didn't see it coming. I I didn't see that. I coming. lost it. I, I mean, I like in a in a way that was embarrassing. No, yeah, I cried. Kristen, I cried like a baby. Yeah, in the I mean, theater. it was it was too. It's too much when they can't keep doing this to us. It's because we don't matter. Yeah. And, and and it's either you have to die, but usually, well, it happened in Star Wars. It happened in The Last Terminator. You got to hand the shit off first. Right. To like a hip young millennial or a Gen Z kid. That's real who's gonna clever. Who's going to carry it on. And that is real clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Who is better than us. Yeah. And it's like, granted, Harrison Ford is an old man and is a baby boomer, but he's our hero. Yeah. Like, he's our Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. And Luke's, I mean, Mark Hamill's our Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Our parents I, I mean, were too old. Like, my parents love Star Wars. Why can't I like Ray? Why can't I love Ray and still have Luke? Yeah. Why? They can both exist. They can both exist. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. I work with people who are in their 60s and 70s. We hang out. It's fine. Right. <laughs> we can all live in the same world. Stop killing my heroes, they Hollywood. They just keep pushing us away. God. Um, I don't know. Any, this, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm always, I think, always. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not unhappy. And I'm like, no, I, I again, had, it was a nice movie. Again, and I even had a thought. And I, I don't know. I think 
I think we hit what our major problem is. Other people don't share the problem, and that's fine. No. But our major problem seems to be we can't see Danny in this world. These are two very different worlds. Now, I have... Go ahead. Does it work as a TV show? I always bring that up after we see a Stephen King. Or is that problem still the problem? Does it work as a TV show? Would it work as a TV show? If we had more time to integrate these two worlds or something. I don't think so. Or it's still just like, why are they... I still think it's like two different things. And yeah. I think it's for the reason that you cited earlier. It's that we don't know anything about these steam eaters in the first in the first movie. Right. Right? And why didn't Dick Halloran just tell him to come up with a box? Like, he yeah. didn't, you know, come up with a box and stick the ghost in the box. Like, he should have just told him that when he was having ice cream, right? Yeah. And it does feel like we're having to go back and correct it. And it, it just really makes me feel like Stephen King wanted a way to just kind of, like, eradicate what Kubrick what, did. What Kubrick did. I mean, even Dick in this movie has the line during that conversation where he's teaching Danny, who's still little, yeah. about the boxes, the monster box. Um, Danny says, you told me it was like pictures in a magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a camera? Yeah, pictures they, in a book. That couldn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And Dick's like, well, that's what they were to me, but nobody ever shined like you. And I was like, that's not what we were told. That's not what we were told. And now suddenly someone shines more than Danny. Right. But Danny's our hero. Right. And also, Dick, you were able to hear Danny. All the way from fucking Florida. All the way Florida. From, from fucking Florida. So you were pretty goddamn strong, You're pretty too. goddamn strong. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I, I, yeah. And then, you know, there's a point in this movie where they where he they're trying to explain it away. And he, he's explaining to Abra about the Overlook. And he's trying to kind of like, I don't know, uh, marry the Steam Eaters and the Overlook together. I like that we just started calling them the Steam Eaters. What else are you going to call them? I don't know. It's like what but they have to be called. First, I don't like that they call it Steam. No. It upsets me. But anyway, and he says whatever the Overlook is, whatever that is, is what these people are. Which was so, nonsense. That's not, so it's like, so now we're... And that's why I was like, in my head, I was going, <laughs> Soylent Green is people. I was right. like, so now we're supposed to believe... Now we're supposed to believe that whatever the Overlook is... So in this movie, it's not a building, it's a group of people. Is that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah, yeah or that, that whatever was in the Overlook kept coming for Danny after... In the way that the steam eaters are coming for Abra, and they function the same way. It's not, it was nonsense. I was like, that, of all of the sort of like, we're going to try to fix plot holes or tie two disparate plots together, which is obviously what they're doing, Mm -hmm. um, that was the, that made no sense. It made no sense to me. I also just did, you know, like, clever buttons. Like, I also, I, and listen, I like a good button on a movie and sure. story. But I, like, clever buttons, you know, like, at the beginning of the movie, we see Danny as a little kid post-overlook, and he learns about the boxes, and apparently the the, the woman in the bathtub has been following him around. Uh-huh. And it's like, I can buy that the kid would have nightmares. I can buy that the kid would be like, holy shit, I dreamt that I was back in the overlook. Sure. And that I totally buy that. And then suddenly we learn that he puts the lady in the, in the box, uh-huh. right? And then at the end of the movie, you have Abra 
for no reason do the same do the same thing to the lady in the tub that's in room two three seven that has really no connection that has to her. no connection to her at all she sees her for one second why do I care right why do I care and and part of the reason that the woman in room two three seven is so scary is that you don't see her a lot right you know you see her in that one horrific scene with Jack Nicholson after you've seen her as being super hot right that's what's terrifying yeah. and then you don't really see her again like you kind of see her in you one the mirror sh- yeah. you get one shot of her like laughing yeah. But in this movie, you see her way too much. Right. And she becomes this other thing. That. that she, and she has no connection to Abra. I also. And then Abra does this like weird thing where it's like she goes into two, three. She's running away from the ghosts at the Overlook. Uh-huh. She runs into room 237. And I guess we're supposed to, as an audience, we're supposed to be going, don't go in there or whatever. And she runs in there. And suddenly the woman in the tub is getting out of the tub and walking towards her. And Abra turns to her and goes. Try it. Right. And I'm like... So how powerful is this girl? And if she's all powerful, why is this an issue? And why why does she need Danny? And why did he have to get killed? Mm -hmm. Um, That, that, yeah, this is, this is, there are, there are, and I'm not putting this all, I'm not necessarily putting that on King. Some of this is is probably on Flanagan because he also wrote the script. Um, Again, what are the rules of these people? What are their levels of power? I, I got, this is... This is super nerdy, but also, I think, an issue with the movie. I started to think of the film in terms of an X-Men story. And I was like, okay, so as far as mutants go, like, which one is Professor... Which has the power of Professor X? Right. And like, oh, well, the little girl's, like, Dark Phoenix level. I'm like, that's stupid. I shouldn't be doing that. Right. But that's kind of how it... Right. Because I was like, I don't understand why they can do... They're, in one scene, they can do all of this. And then in the next scene, they die because they hit a tree. Yeah. In a van. In a van. And I just didn't... I honestly didn't like how action-y it got. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think I that said, goes back to my... Or the initial thing I thought was like, it's actually not a horror movie. Yeah. Like, you know... In, in the you put fr- Danny Torrance in an action movie. You put Danny Torrance in an action movie. Yeah. Exactly. Like, in, in The Shining, when Wendy and Jack are going up the stairs I mean we see her hit him with a bat like one time you know but the whole time it's the threat of the bat it's right. the threat of Jack Nicholson it's the threat of that and in this one you get a few times where she conks him in the face with an axe right and it's just real kind of like uh, like real actiony and I just felt like it was really obvious also it's like oh now we're turning the tables and it's a woman yeah chasing a man yeah because he's up backing the, up the steps he's backing up the steps holding the axe and she's doing they're mirroring that scene yeah. with Wendy, Wendy and, and Jack, Jack but it's Rose and Danny right and this time it's the woman that's the threat right and I'm like uh, how far are we gonna go with this yeah yeah that's a great point um like are we mirroring it just to mirror it are we mirroring it just to give the lady a chance to be a villain like is that right. what we're doing I don't it? know I, I don't know and and as far as villains go Jack Torrance and Rose the Hat are two very different kinds of Completely. villains Completely and I'm not scared of Rose the Hat I'm terrified of Jack Torrance Yeah because he's not in control Right 
And 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 Rose the Hat is this thing we don't even really fully. She's so clever. Right. She's, it's 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 so clever. But she's got great clothes. She's got great clothes. And she, she looks really good in a yeah, hat. She shops at soft surroundings, <laughs> from what I understand. You and know, she does yoga and she meditates she on meditates, the roof of her tiny and house. And she can wear a hat. Not Ma- everyone can wear a hat, Ma- Christy. Maybe are we are we supposed to? Is that what he's saying? Are we supposed to be afraid of those people? I don't. Are are, are we supposed to be afraid of the people that are kind? Kind of like perfect American consumers that 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 are trying to be something else that are trying to be um, is that what they're saying that we're supposed to be afraid of these white yoga girls I I, uh, <laughs> I don't even do you know what I mean? Well, we should be afraid of those. We people. are. Should we? Be, should um, we be afraid of the, honestly, of the white yoga girls? That to that, me would have been a more interesting story. That I, shop at Soft Surroundings. If they had been a group of like these perfect Stepford, right? Of these women that like, uh, right. Feel like they know all about, uh, about yoga, yoga and, and health, Eastern, Eastern thought. Law, and yeah. Oh, are we supposed to be afraid of Gwyneth Paltrow? We're supposed to be agree. <laughs> That's it's all an I allegory. Think it I wish it would. I <laughs> she, wish Rose the Hat would have been had a jade egg up her vagina. I, that would have been something. I just wish we had known. I I don't know. I I don't fucking know. I don't know. I can't fix it. Yeah, I can't fix like, it. I mean, I can't be afraid of somebody who the whole time I'm going like, God, that's a cute dress she's wearing. Yeah, and and we don't know what she does and how she does it and how great she and is at it. And why does she have a jacuzzi in her tiny house? Yeah, why does she have a jacuzzi in her tiny house? Um, like, I mean, I'm just beating the dead ho- uh Feeding yeah. the full horse at this feeding point, Christine. the full horse at this but point. But that's a different book. They should have their own book. Call yeah. it Rose the Hat. Spend a thousand pages on her in Ireland. Right. Uh, fucking right. A, man. Telling that, us. That I, great. Yeah. That's it. That's its own fucking That's its story. own thing. And again, that's but like. don't put Danny, Danny Torrance, Torrance in it. That, that's the. Fu- go write the fucking Vampire Chronicles. Right. You know? Which is. To me, that what that group is. Yeah. You got the one from ancient Rome, the one from old Ireland, the one Native American. Right. That that's the Vampire Chronicles. Right. And Anne Rice already did that. She already. And you did know that. she did Stephen King because you're friends with her. Right. And Lost Boys already exists. Yes. So why do yeah. we need it? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, my takeaways from this are: I still really love you, and McGregor. Yeah. Um, I thought the woman who played Wendy. Was really mimicked Shelley Duvall without doing an impersonation. No, she does the it same thing. Great. Like she does the same thing that Michelle Williams does when she's playing Gwen Verdon or Marilyn Monroe. She's like, comp- she's so that person, but she's not imitating right. that person. She's not just doing like an awesome, you know, Shelley Duvall right impersonation. like comedians who are great at doing. It's not that right. No, no, she she, she but she captures the essence. She of She captures the essence of Shelley Duvall. Like when she's running down the street, <laughs> oh going God. Danny. Yeah. Danny. I was like, holy, holy shit. shit. Yeah. Is that, did they get Shelley Duvall? Um, so she was, thought she did some great work. I thought the guy who, who played Dick Halloran was really was great. Was perfect and found a perfect, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it my own. But also, but also not to Scatman Man Crothers. Crothers. Yeah. 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 That's it. Another another new movie. Uh, not sheer blinding rage. No. No. Um, not not super profound existential disappointment. No. Just uh just kind of like meh. 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 It's meh. all right. It's all right. Doctor Sleep. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Wait for uh wait for it to come out. 
on streaming. Yeah, don't pay. But you know what? I did send you that link to that new BBC Christmas Carol. That's oh, I want to watch the shit out of that. Guy Pierce as as Scrooge and what's his name? I keep forgetting his name, but he plays all like he plays all the the stop mo- not stop motion the motion capture. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Yeah. As Marley or something. Yeah. That looks actually looks terrible. Yeah, I want to watch it. And I, I think we may have to make it part of our Christmas episode. And I, I let's do it. Because I think a Christmas Carol back in the day, I was obsessed with the story. It's probably my first introduction to a ghost story. Yeah. And a time travel, which is essentially well, two of the two of your favorite <laughs> yeah. things. So two of your favorite things. I would love to revisit it. This one does actually yeah. look like kind of creepy. Yeah, and I I hate it when people forget that Christmas Carol is a ghost story. I know it is a ghost story first. Absolutely, that happens to take place around Christmas. I mean, the first line of the book is like Marley was dead like, to that's, begin. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, y'all. All right, we'll, y'all. We'll be back next week with something something else. We should watch that's something we like. Hopefully, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>